Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. joining us you are listening to go home bible you're drunk which is a podcast about the bible and how very very strange that book is and i am tori williams douglas i am a bible college dropout very very proud of that and um now functionally atheist uh and my co-host is justin gentry hi justin Hi, Tori. How's it going? It's going good. I am. What, what, what lack of expertise bring to this subject? I am a seminarian and a ministry dropout. I was a minister for 10 years in various ways and over 10 years and decided that it's over. Uh, I would say I'm agnostic at this point, which okay. is, which is functionally atheist, I think, but I'm happy to leave a little room for some woo if Mm, that's true. I do love Wu. Me. Maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not actually an atheist because man, like astrology memes, that is yeah. my love language. <laughs> that shit is legit, right? <laughs> like like my birth chart is just like somebody sitting down and dragging me. Yeah. Like all of it. I'm sitting here and I'm kind of, you know, over the last couple of years, <laughs> I've been sitting around and kind of going like, okay, like. I think I'm probably polyamorous. I'm sure I said this last time. And then I go and I'm like looking at my birth chart again because I was talking to a friend who just got hers done. And um, I'm like kind of reading through and get down to like Venus. It's like, you're probably, you probably need more than one relationship to stay happy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. You don't even know me. Yes. (laughs) Stupid moon, stupid planets. You don't have anything on me. Yeah. Like, oh my God, please. Okay, yeah. I'm like, I guess, I guess it was just a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I, I mean, I think our, our brains are geared for meaning. And like, I, I, I do tarot cards, do tarot cards, read tar- like, sh- I, I shuffle cards and I look at them and I okay. find meaning out of them. As like, this is yeah. my, like, yeah. And I, and I started it as almost as a joke. Like, I'm not an evangelical anymore. I'm not a pastor. I can do what I want. I read tarot cards. Yeah. Who cares? Like, it's dumb. Like, like at most, it's just going to be my subconscious making meaning out of random symbols. And I would say 90% of the time it is that. But there are some times where it's like, you're getting read for filth by these cards on the table. Yeah. And... And then you want to like throw them away. Like this isn't real, but it also is real. So right. I don't know. Like I, I, I make room for the divine and the sublime and the transcendent. And I would like, I want to believe that it's true. I just, I don't vote to make people believe that it's true. <laughs> so I, mm. I kind of say like, I'm an atheist in the streets and agnostic in the sheets. Like, okay. yeah, like yeah, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. out publicly with people when it affects other people. Like I right. really don't care. Like right, I right, right, exactly. Harm reduction. Like I, I don't, mm-hmm. religious beliefs play very little on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, privately in my home, like, yeah, totally. Like I, I will embrace the weird and the wonderful and, and don't see a contradiction there personally. 
yeah that's us i'm just i'm just a very i'm just a very bad atheist well starting out as like already not being a white man i'm already getting low marks for atheism your your atheist street cred is already already low yeah it's pretty low pretty low oh my gosh so funny yeah and i think i think atheism does scare me away mostly because it's genuinely most of the time it's it's populated by assholes like yes it's yeah it is and people that are like former evangelicals that are still very evangelical, mm-hmm. they just aren't Christian. Well, they're fundamentalists. Yeah, they're very fundamentalists. Still. Right. I don't. I don't even know if evangelical is like the right term. Some people are. Like some people do. Some atheists definitely do try to convert people to atheism. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a lot of atheists are hardcore fundamentalists. Um, which yeah. atheism is actually not a moral framework i don't know if you know this yeah. <laughs> like it, being an atheist does not make you a moral person no and it doesn't make you a smart person either true doesn't make I you think, smarter than other people i think yeah. yeah the assumption is that i am smarter and more moral than theists because i don't believe in god is right. uh just as big of i think an ego trip as mm-hmm. believing that my beliefs are right and they're handed to me by the one true God and everyone else is going to hell. Right. Like, I think, yeah. I think those are almost on par in the like catnip for the ego. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, the other piece about that, this is not even what we were gonna talk about. The not at all, piece, like, I'm, I'm fine with that it. Is like, yeah, within the, within the Western construct, right? Which is all about hyper individualism and I look out for number one and you know we're just going to consume everything that we want and not think about other people not think about the future um it's so interesting because there are there are people there are ways of viewing the world and people who have never had any kind of formal education who have traditional religions that have a much more thorough kind of moral framework right for how to live and exist in space with other human beings yes right for like making community because i mean living in the states we have this whole thing of like well not not for millennials but for a while there was this whole thing of you know you can you can just go start a family you don't you know buy a house, whatever, you can just do all of this stuff on your own, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's not how humans have lived ever. So yeah, I, I, I'm very fascinated and always trying to learn as much as I can from people um, kind of outside of the Western construct, right? And, and because I think that indigenous religions are extreme, like they're extremely powerful and moving and it's a new way for me to view the world. And also, like you said, with the harm reduction piece, like there, because I live in this construct too, right? So I have to learn harm reduction as well. Uh And so for me, it's like, it's a really wonderful way to reorient like, oh yeah, it's not just all about me and like what I can get. It's like, how how do I use what I do have to serve the community and create a more equitable world yeah that's beautiful that's good and and i think that indigenous cultures have that piece down like like they have that piece yes. down because it's yeah. it's a system that was refined over thousands of years and is much older than our western construct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and, it was, it, yeah absolutely and, and I, as a white person, have to be very careful not to romanticize or um, like that novel savage trope. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so much, you know, and so I, I, I have a, I think it's probably a healthy caution in trying to engage too deeply in that other than right. just from an admiration standpoint. Right, exactly. Just for clarity again like uh, yeah no appropriation is i it's not the religious that is fascinating to me about 
these faiths and practices and beliefs, it is the moral piece. Like, what can yeah. I learn from morality? I think that's why as among white folks, you're seeing a resurgence in interest in witchcraft and traditional yeah. European ways yeah. of being, which, which mm -hmm. is, which for me, trying to be as someone who's a little more intellectually wired, that's even hard for me too. Cause I, mm, I realized like whiteness and empire and capitalism bulldozed all mm. that, all that to the ground. We're like picking up folk tales and little bits of what they didn't manage to wipe out. So it's, yeah, it's, which is devastating because it it's, it's such like, honestly, European, like indigenous quote unquote, European cultures are so staggeringly beautiful and yes. fascinating. And just like the fact that humanity burned as much of that to the ground as they could get their hands on is just, and some of it was probably not even like a religious thing in France were functionally at war for a thousand years, right? <laughs> like yeah. there's just, you're going to lose some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what few cultures there are, the Sami people and others, you can reconstruct, but, and, and I'm sure bit, like yeah. as, as a black woman in the United States in a much yeah. more violent way than I experienced. Exactly. Your culture is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. Um, the, yeah, same, it's the thing, same people. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. The same people did it. Like, and it's a weird just just position just a position i can't talk today that, it's okay. that word, whatever that word is yeah because i'm pissed at my ancestors and i also mourn my ancestors at the same time my most recent ancestors i am pissed at and right. my ancient ancestors that i'll never know i'm like i, I mourn for that because it's yeah. like I, I missed that and yeah and that's just being a westerner uh, mm -hmm. as, a, as a white person, but as a black person too, like a lot of that was stripped away. You can see the like, yeah, we're gonna try to civilize people, but the way you're doing it is in this most barbaric, awful way right, that is, yeah. is brutal and dehumanizing. And right, yeah, systemic terrorism is how yeah. we're going to civilize people. Yeah, like, right, absolutely. exactly. I catch that. <laughs> I, I was watching, I was watching an episode of Outlander last night, and this you know British soldier is going on and on about civilizing people and we, yeah. you know, civility. And then there's this regulator that mouths off to him, and he just cuts him down with a sword, <laughs> like. Like what? Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> um, but that—that's—that's that's Westernism in a nutshell, I think. In huh? capitalism, in a nutshell, like yes, we want to civilize everyone, and if you don't civilize with us, we will kill you. You um, get to get dead. Yeah, you get to get dead, uh, which segues us perfectly into our <laughs> into uh, our this week in evangelicalism piece where, where we're going to talk about evangelicals uh, evangelicals lost their fucking shit yes please take it away over a music video yes by Lil Nas X who is um, honestly so precious essentially the music video for this song is full of religious symbolism and it is also full of um it's also blatantly pressing the buttons right like all the hot spots for american christians i would say yeah. like kind of in general right mm -hmm. um and so yeah there was there was a lot of uproar and so i'm sure that he got like tens of millions of more views because they were so mad yeah <laughs> they couldn't stop talking about it they couldn't stop tweeting him either which was no. like this is this is a war that you cannot win <laughs> it's not possible no it is interesting like how i think masterfully he manipulated oh, yeah. them into an uproar while yes. telling his truth like i yeah. it's not a you know there were a lot of evangelicals that were, that were painting it as this like purely opportunistic like cry right. for attention and right 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 but it but, wasn't but he no, wasn't like, just this, trolling them right no. it's like i am going to tell the truth that i experienced yeah and I'm going to troll you while I'm doing it because I'm right. a, I'm a business person <laughs> and I need views. <laughs> but at the same time, like like I can watch I could watch that video and laugh, and then I could watch that video like laugh at evangelicals like right they, exactly they, uh, exactly. But I can also watch it as this very poignant like mm -hmm. oh my goodness like like I like yeah. I did not experience it near as bad because I'm I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community right uh, but. I know I love people that 
that are, that are. And so like, mm-hmm. I can see, mm-hmm. I can see the pain coming out there and they're like, yeah. you want me to go to hell? Fine. I'm going to go to right. hell. I'm going to twerk the devil. I'm going to kill that at his ass. And I'm, you know, like, fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's totally like, I totally see it. <sighs> yeah. It was, it was, it was a wonderful day week watching evangelicals get dragged all day long. Yes. <laughs> And the number of people that I saw tweeting or commenting on Facebook about, like, we need to just ignore it. Like, well, like, like fine. you're not you're not ignoring it if you're posting about it. If you're, if but, you're posting, like, and yet you comment on it. I guess in a way, it's it's explicit in like whatever that means to people who believe that, like, the evangelicals and i don't even know how to i don't have the words to explain this so they believe that essentially sex is harmful to children right and i don't mean that in that like they don't mean it like kids can't consent that's not how they mean it they mean they mean children knowing about sex and sexuality and their own bodies is harmful to children right it is it is we are protecting children from their own bodies yes Right. And so, um, yeah, like with, with my kids, like they're, you know, they're not really old enough to pick up on, on any of that, which I'm, you know, I'm fine with, cause I don't have to explain it when I'm singing along, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, there's this very kind of fascinating thing where, as you said, cause it's like Easter weekend or whatever, like, like, Hey, we're going to go and we're going to watch this really brutal execution but like watching two people in love who are like having consensual sex and it's not like you know in a movie or whatever it's like you're not even seeing anything and they still think that they think that is harmful but violence isn't um and (laughs) when I was a kid my my mom would always say she's like you can't watch the reason that you are allowed to watch violent movies and not movies with sex is because in movies with violence, the violence is fake. And in movies with sex, the sex is real. <laughs> nice. nice. Like, I mean, in, like, if you're talking there about- is like, an in, There is an industry in which the sex is real. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say like, like there, there are some specific. movies that's the case. <laughs> it's very specific though. Like, you know. Yeah. Like this is, that's actual sex. Whereas this is two people in like weird Hollywood underwear, like kind of kissing. I don't know. I'm like trying to police your kids and like getting to the checkout at the grocery store, like turning all the magazine covers around. Yeah, it it draws attention to it. Like I I remember I was, it's probably 11, 12 maybe. And we were watching TV it may have even been Melrose Place. I want to, I'm just going to say it was Melrose Place. I don't know if it was, but that's, let's put that there. Like 90s okay. controversial yeah. show. And there was like something sexy going on. I was sitting there and my mom like grabbed my head and like tried to like put it behind her. Like tried to like shove me back in her lower back. <laughs> and it was so awkward because I was definitely old enough to be like, way stronger than my mom like mom what are you doing to me like okay it's like you just made this more awkward and more worse and more like oh god no like i'm I'm not gonna sit here and get off to a television show next to my mother like that's not going to happen nothing about that is sexy nothing nothing especially my mom trying to like shove my face in her like lower back slash armpit to like keep my virgin eyes from seeing side boob or whatever i don't know Uh, i do want to ask do we have a drinking game for today oh oh my god why we cannot stay away from circumcision to save our fucking lives i tried not to i i was gonna say we need to take a break from circumcision (laughs) do something else and Um, yet we chose masturbation (laughs) uh okay 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 Uh, hold on let me think let me think let me think enema enema Enema. Yeah. You want to do that one? That's yeah. our drinking game. You Actually, to... and, and if you're like someone who struggles with alcohol, I bet if you probably thought of an enema every time, that might help. I don't know. Yeah. Make that Could association be. just really, yes. really disgusting oh, for you. Please, please don't do that. That doesn't uh, work. That doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> that is not something that works. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, every time we mention enemas or any weird medical terminology, medical freakery, you know, take a drink. It. We are taking a little break from the Bible Bible. The Bible Bible. And to kind of talk about some Bible, some Jesus freak type. Some Jesus characters. freaks, yes. And people that, you know, what does the Bible do to us? And when we don't read it well or carefully or are just wackadoos with money and religious power. So we're going to talk about John Harvey Kellogg. He was a guy that lived around the turn of the century, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, he was born in 1852. Yeah, so and, and he lived a long time, 1943. That was way too, oh, motherfucker, that was way too long. <laughs> yeah, he's 91. He was the head of the Battle Creek Sanitarium. He and created he, it, right? Yeah, he created it. He founded it. He was a big part of it, big funder of it. He was the head, uh, or the director, I should say, until he died. So he worked until he was 91 and uh, died. Based on other things I know about him, that's not surprising. The name Kellogg should be familiar because he invented the Frosted Flake. Well, he invented the Corn Flake. His brother As, invented yeah. the Frosted Flake. Oh, and yeah. So flakes are good, though. But they're, I, they're they're prob- they probably have more sugar in them now than they... <laughs> Yes. when Kellogg was around. I'm going to tell just kind of the story of Kellogg a little bit and yeah. who he was. And we're going to talk about just weirdness. So he was a seven-day Adventist, which I think some evangelicals will go, oh, well, he's not one of us. And no, 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 no. Like if you look at seven-day Adventist theology, theology they yeah. are, they're evangelicals. They're they, absolutely evangelicals. They yeah. just meet on Saturday, Saturday and they <laughs> have a little bit more holistic understanding of the body. That's really it. He was, he was a doctor and he was in charge of the sanitarium. The sanitarium actually was funded by the seven day Adventist church. So this was a church thing. Sanitarium, when I think of sanitarium, I think more of a sanatorium mm-hmm. where mentally ill people were basically shoved all Incarcerated. together. Incarcerated. Yeah. That's yeah. not what this, this was more like a health spa for right. wealthy people. Uh, Which is funny that it was in Michigan, right? Yes, because usually, Michigan. like, like back then, if you were if you were ill, like most people would go to the Caribbean. <laughs> it's like, why are you going to Michigan? Yeah, get better. Anyway, and he was really big into nutrition. Like I'll say, it's some good things about him. He was doesn't mean we like him. Doesn't mean we like him. I just but, this, it is an interesting thing to me that he was mm-hmm. a very early proponent of the germ theory of disease. Yeah. He was a vegetarian and he, I think he forecasted a lot of the environmental degradation that came with Mm -hmm. the agriculture, particularly meat agriculture. So he's a very Mm. strict vegetarian. So there are, there are a lot of things that I I look at what he stood for and some of the scientific beliefs he had that were progressive at the time. And I can go, yeah, I totally can get behind that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He Mm -hmm. was a, he was big into the gut bacteria, which gut bacteria even today is just now starting to come to the forefront of our scientific understanding that right you know gut bacteria is is not just like healthy it's not this neutral thing where it's just like keeping your body in balance like it actually really functionally tells the story of your life yeah right where you have been who you are mood mm -hmm. depression anxiety Mm -hmm. uh it's it's very weird like it's 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 creepy weird it's like astrology but but science Yes. Because they can, like, if you, if you were really looking at it, like, you can use, you can use different uh, bacteria amounts to figure out, like, did your parents have a dog when you were born? Yeah. Right? Like, wild stuff that you can, that you can kind of determine based on just somebody's microbiome and, like, just the bacteria, the amounts of specific bacteria that hang out in your, in your tummy. So he had some interesting ideas, but at the same time, he was also super into the, you know, he was super clean living. So no alcohol, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no tobacco and, and no sex and no sex. Like at all. That was his big thing was no sex. He was married to a, to a woman and which, I mean, this was like 1850s. Of course he was married to a woman, but (laughs) I don't know why I like, I if, really, if, if I really knew, landed, if, I right, landed if, hard on that. If we knew about it, it was, yeah, if we knew about it, it was at least a straight marriage. Yes, it was a straight marriage. But he allegedly wrote a good chunk of one of his anti-sex manifestos 
on his honeymoon with his wife. So, you know, wow. very, a very devout man, a very, wow. a very educated man, but also a very strange man. Was uh, he like, what was his, um, did, did he like go to college? Yes, he graduated. Okay. Let me look. Oh, up. yeah. So, well, the thing yeah. is, it's like, if you go back far enough, American medical doctor starts to mean guy who calls himself a doctor. So yes, he, know, like... he did have an, he did have an MD. He was a medical okay. doctor. Okay. 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 I, I don't know how, how great that medical degree was, you know, I mean, it, but True. yeah, so he did have a medical degree. Uh, he invented cornflakes. So as a, so you hear the word aphrodisiac, which is a food that will make you horny. Uh, well, it was an ostensibly an anadisiac. So he oh, was trying so to make you less horny. Yeah, he was trying to pioneer foods that would make that would you make less horny. Not want to have as much sex. Typically bland foods. So he was a vegetarian, partly for the health benefits, but partly because he thought that bland foods are better for him not having sex. Trying to not jerk off. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so he viewed on the kind of the hierarchy of sins, sex with another person was bad. Sex with yourself was really bad. Like that was the worst thing you could do was to masturbate. Oh my gosh. So he came up with all kinds of ways to masturbate and not to masturbate. masturbate? <laughs> to not masturbate. Well, so he did invent the massage chair, which I think is a way to masturbate without masturbating. Oh, without touching yourself. Interesting. Possibly. I feel like that would work much better for people who have vulvas. I don't know. I can't, I don't under, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a dick, but I can't imagine that working super well. If you lay down on a massage chair and had never masturbated before, uh, you could probably, I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know either. The few massage chairs I've been in, I, yeah, it, unless it's a reclining model. Sorry, guys, you're out. But, um, but that's not why. Why, why did he invent it? Uh, I think it was it was for his like wellness therapy, moving fluids around the body type stuff. I mean, it was he was. I mean, he was a very into like the health and wellness. I think he'd be like a health and wellness guru today if he yeah. like mm -hmm. transplant him all of his beliefs. Don't change a single one. Yeah, I think he would basically. still be a very successful millionaire um doctor guy with a radio per, show or a tv yeah. show or a youtube channel yes <laughs> the doctors with the youtube channels that's yes. that's the one that's gonna get your you. evangelical friends would be sharing his video during the pandemic uh he yes. refused to get the polio vaccine oh because he and, oh my god he was which is oh my which god is, which is weird to me it was polio or smallpox i forget which one uh, mm -hmm. which is strange to me because he definitely believed in the science but he believed in the science of his healthy living regimen oh would so outweigh so, yeah like like i don't need it because i'm too healthy for it and i guarantee your like white finance dude bros on facebook mm -hmm. would be saying you don't need the vaccine you don't need to wear, wear a mask as long as you're like eating right yeah. and exercising you're fine like exactly. he, would, he would fit in with that crowd perfect Yes. Uh, like in a weird way. Uh, so, but he is very celebrated as a holy kind of businessman, I think. Interesting. In, okay. in the sense that like in the seven day Adventist church, he was a big deal. That makes sense. And yeah. he was a big deal. You know, people went, you know, there are tons of people from that era, William Taft, you know, yeah. uh, future president was there. Amelia Earhart went to his little sanitarium. Like there are all, a lot of big figures of the era went to the, this was the place to go. This was, I don't, yeah. I don't mm -hmm. know wellness spas enough to know what an equivalent would be, but. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a hotel and spa basically. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, yeah. Cause people go and stay there, right. For, for weeks at a time. Um, it wasn't just like a day thing where you pop in and pop out. Yeah, what I understand. So this, so. Was a, this was a big deal. And there's a lot of money tied up into it. He got in fights with the Seven Day Adventist Church over the management of it because, you know, they helped fund it, but he was also funding it. And there's all kinds of weird, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think he was tried for, her for heresy, quote unquote, I think to remove him at some point. Oh, God. Like wild, oh, God. wild, wild stories. So, but his, his big anti-masturbation thing 
is interesting to me. He circumcised himself at the age of 37 because he believed- Interesting is not the word I would use okay, for this obsession that he has, but yes, go on. Yes, he did. He, he, he cut off part of his own dick. It is, it is sad, I guess, would be a better way to say that, yeah. that he so demonized his body and its natural Holy desires. shit, this place was huge. <laughs> You're looking it up. I'm, yeah. yeah. It, this, this is was, like, this this was, like multiple city blocks. Yes, it's massive. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. This is not a, this is not a small, like little enterprise. This, no, is this is a big deal. Yeah, like these are these are like bigger than than college university buildings. A lot of them. That's wow. That's intense. Okay. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Cool. So, and he's doing like breath work. He's doing cold water therapy. You know, this is like some Wim Hof stuff that's popular yeah. today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that he did that were ahead of his time, but he's also, he's also cutting off pieces of his penis. He's <laughs> encouraging, you know, young boys to get circumcised as a he's way He's encouraging to... their parents. Yeah, though, encouraging their right? parents to You're get them You're not asking a seven-year-old yes. to like, hey... Would you like to cut off part of your dick? Yeah, but boys in their teens, men in their late teens, early 20s, he's encouraging them to do that. He's also okay. encouraged okay. A, tr- a treatment where you would put a a silver thread through the foreskin as a way to increase pain and decre- basically decrease erections because the second you get an erection, it's extremely painful. Um, That's so messed up. Yeah, I'll, I'll so say mild trigger warning on some of yeah. the rest just for body stuff, but... Yeah, putting carbolic acid on a woman's clitoris to prevent to deaden sensations so that they don't right so that, yeah and touch themselves. So there's some mm-hmm. dark stuff too. He was big into eugenics, and mm-hmm. uh, which was which was the progressive like cause at the time, yeah. right? That like all all white progressives were into eugenics. So, I mean, yeah. As a way to gain purity. Well, yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them were more explicit like that. And others were just like, well, you know, we want people to, I mean, Margaret Sanger is always uh, like accused of being like a racist eugenicist, but she was, she was advocating for, um, for birth control, right. In black neighborhoods, because like, it's, if you're always pregnant, it is very hard to get ahead financially. Right. Um, so it wasn't, hers at least wasn't, I don't know about Kellogg, but I know that Sanger's ideal here was not like, we need to, we need to get rid of the filth necessarily, but it's like, we want people to procreate when, when they're ready to do that financially so that they can actually invest in their children as opposed yeah. to just having like seven, eight, nine kids and just struggling, scraping by. Um, yeah. He anyway. was a little more on the race purity. Okay. I don't even know if race in the sense of white people. Right. But he was part of this Race Betterment Foundation, which as far as I can tell, only hosted conferences. I don't know that they really did yeah. much. Yeah. But so they did come up with a few manifestos, like, you know, making an inventory and record of, I'm reading it right now, uh, inventory and record of socially important hereditary traits and tendencies in individuals. So we're talking about a registry of genetic traits yeah, I guess to prevent people from breeding that didn't have the right traits, or that you know, or there's... to encourage people who did have the right the right traits to uh, procreate. Yes, so these uh, be- better babies thing. contests and things like that, which went on all over the United States. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You, yeah, so gross. But so, also, like, like that's not how genes work. But they didn't no. know that back then. It's they didn't fine. know that. <laughs> they had no idea. No. <laughs> 
so I, I, we, I think I bring this man up and I bring up these movements because I think, honestly, I think many of them are still with us in some ways. Yeah, I think Maybe that he, he's single, he single-handedly like made infant circumcision a thing in the US. Yeah. Right? Because it was the, that wasn't something people did, right? Just, just, just the risk of infection alone. Yeah. <laughs> Why would we do that? Yeah. We live in very dirty, dirty cities. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I think that that's, yeah, you're right. Like it's absolutely the impact of what he was advocating yeah. for. Is and, and he's, scary. and he, you know, it shows the power of a white person, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. but religious people, someone backed by religious beliefs, backed by the Bible. Right. Right. By their understanding of the Bible. Right. Their interpretation. And mm -hmm. can shift our culture in these dramatic and strange ways. Uh-huh. I would say the modern purity movement has its genesis in a lot of purity culture. Ooh, yeah. Those yeah. kinds of things. This kind of demonization of the body. Yes. I don't think it started with Kellogg or these kind of movements at the turn of the century, because I think it goes back even further than that. But mm -hmm. I think the modern expressions of it are right. And, and I would think even to this Christian evangelical obsession with multi-level marketing, essential oils, kind of like these mm -hmm. health alternatives yeah. to, you know, medicine and, and kind of anti-science or like pseudoscience mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. like it, mm -hmm. scientific mm -hmm. to a point. Right. Yeah. Like I'm tracking with you. This makes sense. Evidence, evidence, evidence. Now, and like, like drink, <laughs> drink lavender and it will cure heart disease. Like, we're just kind of like, I don't know where we got, how we got to this point, but <laughs> somehow I was nodding all the way until you got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Essential oils smell they, really good, you guys. They smell wonderful. And there is, there is a therapeutic value to having good smells. Like that is, that is evidence. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Yes, it is. Yeah, it can help reduce your anxiety, right? Like Absolutely. situational anxiety. I will not drink which them. Which is really cool. I will not drink them. Yeah. I do think it is important because I feel like many of these things are cyclical and they continue to move around. Like, I don't think we're, yeah. we're not advocating for, you know, circumcising people later in life or threading wire through their penises. But I would say conversion there are, you know, yeah. um, oh my conversion gosh. therapy is, is, a, is violence. It is, yes. it is a yeah, it's sexual violence. Yeah. It's sexual even if, and even psychological if there is, violence. Even if there's no physical sexual assault, like, yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely psychological therapy, violence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say the teaching that, you know, masturbation is some great evil, so evil that it would be preferable for you to thread a needle through your penis or put acid on your, you know, on your sexual organs to deaden, like that, that is, yeah. that is even, even if you don't do that, even if someone is not advocating for that, I would say a movement that embraced that kind of theology mm -hmm. is violent. Yeah. 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 I mean, and one thing that I find really interesting is that in, in evangelicalism, like evangelicalism is kind of a, uh, I don't know what to even call it, like a repudiation, right, of, of, of holistic theology, right? Yes. There is no theology of the body, right? Yes. Your body is, it's a, it's a sin, it's a sin bucket, right? That's yes. all it is. And so it's really, it's really, because I think that they, they don't, they, they tell you that your body is like a physical manifestation of the original sin, right? Mm -hmm. And that there are only like these, there's these really rigid rules that you have to abide by in order to not make it more yucky. Like don't make your body more yucky by masturbating, right? Or being queer or being trans or whatever their thing is. Um, they have but there's no there's no actual theology around like and and there can't be right like white evangelical theology is white supremacist theology yes. right they cannot have a theology that values the body because then they have to go back and fix everything that they did mm -hmm. right and that was 
that was exactly, I mean, that's the reason that we don't have that, the reason that we don't have, it, like nobody is addressing that. Um, and, and it's having this now massive impact on the federal government, right? Because there's all of these politicians who come from this like mindset, this tradition where no suffering is good. Punishment is good. Causing you, like causing you harm is good if we get the right outcome after you die or we use punishment to make you do the thing that we want you to do. And it's so yeah. fascinating because it's all tied up in like this sort of, your body has no value. Yeah. Um, if, you, if we make your bodily existence miserable and you right. pull yourself up by your, that motivates you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever, right. then, then what we are doing is good. And yeah, the, exactly. the two people a year that succeed at that are propped up and given every platform imaginable mm -hmm. when the thousands mm -hmm. of people that literally can't psychologically, literally can't. physically, physiologically yeah. have been so crushed and ground down by- Yeah, that they don't, yeah, they, their brains can't do that. They just can't literally. do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And- Oh my gosh. Totally. And that is, and that's unfortunate. And, and you see it with mental health too, even, even amongst white people that suffer from, you know, all the, I would say soft mental health illnesses. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, anxiety, depression, all these things. Yeah. You know, we'll just pray about it. We will. Uh -huh. And that is changing slowly, but not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I have a relatively on the hierarchy of disabilities. My ADHD is not terrible or, right. not, you know, I, I, right. I have schizophrenia or something um, that would institutionalize me. But at the same time, the hatred of my, not just my body because of masturbation or sexual thoughts mm -hmm, or sexual mm -hmm, feelings, mm -hmm. but the hatred of my own psyche that mm -hmm, there is, yeah. you know, that there Shit, is something yeah. wrong with me that I, that I can't figure out, that I can't understand. You can't escape. I can't escape you it. You just have to, yeah. You just have to power through until the end. Yeah. So right? yeah, it's, you, it's, it's slaver theology. It's yeah. literally like any theology that you would need to have in order to justify the enslavement of millions and millions and millions of black people is like, you can find that in white evangelical theology right now. Yeah. Right. Like they'll say that they're opposed to it, which is good, I guess. <laughs> like yeah. the bar is, that's not the bar. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like it, a lot of it is really deeply rooted in that. And, you know, that was, that was also justification, right. For using, um, like torture and terrorism as ways to quote unquote, motivate enslaved people to work harder, which yeah. again, like it does the opposite thing. Like yeah. it doesn't work. Like we, we are right now as a culture, I think we're breeding the next wave of terrorists at our border right now mm. uh, because of the way we are dehumanizing and, yeah. you know, and, yep. you know, this was, I mean, we're not in the Trump era anymore, but a lot of the cruel legacies of the Trump era are still with us and mm -hmm. the cruelty was the stated point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. psychologically, what that's, what is that, what it, that is doing to people Mm -hmm. like to me makes them ripe targets to be radicalized and right. that probably isn't their fault like I wouldn't even blame them like right. I, I mean I don't want yeah. I don't want that to happen I'm not encouraging right. Right, right, right. it in any way totally. but at the same time stepping back for a second I'm like that yeah yeah that makes sense to me I'm, and, yeah it's 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 what like it, it's also our it's just our foreign policy in general yes. right suffering yes. is good for the soul <laughs> Yeah, if we bomb these people enough, they won't bother us. Which mm -hmm. I suppose if you kill every one of them, but you can never kill all of them. Like you cannot kill- Also genocide. Yeah, also genocide. But let's <laughs> like, even imagine if you could succeed, there will still be someone pissed at you. Yeah. <laughs> enough to uh -huh. like, so this like eye for an eye, it just continues going and going and going in all these cycles and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it will not work. And so we yeah. have all this systemic violence and- a very nice looking man, you know, by the name of, you know, John, what, or I can't even remember his full name, John Harvey Kellogg. I know he looks like such a nice old man. It's yeah. really creepy. Like how obsessed he was with children's genitals. Yes. And, and, and how he 
I, I don't even understand the psychology of I'm going to get married, but we will not have sex. We'll adopt all of our children, which is a strange thing to me because you're adopting the product of someone else's, you know, sex. <laughs> the product of sex. The product of sex. You know, gosh, there are just so many like, like, uh, like we don't like slavery, but we'll enslave people overseas and and buy their cheap produce. Like, there's just so many parallels here to capitalism. Oh my god! Like, oh my god. They're, they're yeah, no, there 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 is, and it's yeah. it's weird. Like, I will say that Kellogg is probably the only the only person in American history who was both obsessed with children's genitals and also horrified at the idea that anything would be done like anything pleasurable would be done to them yes <laughs> right it's like usually if you have this obsession you're also a predator <laughs> i don't yes. think that this guy was a predator in that in that sense at all no not right? at all there's no evidence that he was a predator or that i guess if i can say a positive thing about him <laughs> is that he was fully committed to this like there wasn't the I'm obsessed that's, with sex. That's true. That's and true. There is a dark part of me that has a weird sex dungeon. Or yeah. that, like, right, exactly. I'm, I like, no sex for anybody, but then I get to have sex, which is what most cult leaders do. Yes. I, you know, I mean, he, there's a lot of dark, weird things about him, but he wasn't telling other people to circumcise themselves and not doing it himself. Like that. He, he was, yeah, he was practicing what he preached, which is pretty rare in this it, country. You know, it is rare. So I, there's that, that. That's pretty low praise, but I, I will mm -hmm. give him, I will give him mm -hmm. that. Until they find a weird sex dungeon in the bottom of this complex that he owned in Battle Creek. Oh, it, it burned down, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not there. I'm not sure how much it would be there right now, but yeah, at least the original one burned down. Oh, one of the, one of the buildings is still there. One of the towers. So, yeah, I don't know. You think it's haunted? Speaking I, of woo. I, you know, if a place is haunted, that would it's be this one. Them, definitely. <laughs> and all the ghosts are masturbating. Like, that's what I imagine. Oh, all, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. And now we get back to angel sex. This is gosh, amazing. Full circle. Everything comes back to fucking angels. Yes. <laughs> Not not I like fucking angels yes not, not fucking I, angels yes yeah this is a verb not an adjective so, i'm like looking at all these old photos and it's like there are there are black people in some of these photos I'm yeah and so that. i think i think his eugenics wasn't I mean, it wasn't it was we're gonna go kill people right yeah it, it wasn't yeah. we're gonna kill people or even that we're gonna exclude black people necessarily right. yeah it's just we if, just if black people if black people are going to procreate, we want it to be like middle class, upper middle class, people who are educated, right? Like yeah. people who can create humans who we feel will contribute to society, quote unquote. Um, yeah, yeah, it's I that think, we, yeah. I think mm -hmm. he was more of a mental acuity, willpower, people right. that don't want to have sex. <laughs> Not a, these people have the right kind of nose. Right. <laughs> right. Which is so interesting. Like, I mean, it's still, it still is clearly like a very, very slippery slope. Right. Of yes. like, you can't, you know, I, I was talking to my partner the other day and, and he asked me, he was like, do you think that there is um, a limit to how many children a couple can have where like it becomes unethical for them to have more. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then it varies based on what your income is, yeah. right? If we're going to go down this road, it varies based on what your income is, based on like how much access you have to be able to get your kids through college. And you just, and then once you go there, it's like, who's making, who's deciding? Yeah. <laughs> who's making the decision? And then, then, and then it's like, ta-da, eugenics. <laughs> it, it is a very easy, slippery slope to be on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and i would say that that kellogg and that group they were they were nazi adjacent yeah they were using a lot of the same terms a lot of the same but mm -hmm. i also think there are a lot of evangelicals that are nazi adjacent 
Yeah. There, there were Baptists that were praising Hitler for cleaning yeah. up Germany. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of these things that are, that are in our culture that, I mean, I, I don't have like a hopeful place to end this on other than I think we need to continue to be aware of the way that these forces press on us. And I think mm -hmm. we find them present in the, they're present in the Bible, even, you know, yeah. this, this kind of obsession with purity and, and how we take that and make it racial and make it mm -hmm. hypersexual. Mm -hmm. I think even more than the Bible does. I think the Bible mm -hmm. celebrates sex to a much higher degree than we do. Mm -hmm. um, I did, I did a tweet like a couple weeks ago or a month ago talking about the song of Solomon and people were going nuts. Like, the, the Song of Solomon would just be about two people having sex and not be some right. like spiritual allegory between Jesus and it's, the church or it's it's a, is, it's, or it's a Rihanna song. Yeah. Right. Like, that's it's what it like is. you hook up with somebody and then they bounce in the middle of the night and you don't yeah. know where they are. Right. Yeah. Like this is yeah. I, I mean, the parallel. The parallel is really hilarious. Right. Because it's yeah. like literally they have sex and then she wakes up and he's gone and he's gone. <laughs> like, and she's upset about it's it. It's Christ in the church, you guys. Yeah, like, like what? Like, and then, and then she's worried, like people are gonna be out in the street, like is gonna, like you know, on her walk of shame, she's gonna get right. caught, and yeah. yeah, people are gonna beat her in the streets, like that. That is not Christ in the church by any stretch, and that's not two married people by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> they're married they have a very weird relationship yeah they're trying to spice it up like we're gonna meet in a hotel i'm gonna be i'm gonna call me jim and you're gonna be suzanne <laughs> and we're you know like oh my gosh like i suppose it, but yeah it just to me reading that book strains credibility to right. think that yeah. it, even thinking it's about one couple honestly i think is a stretch from yeah. my understanding of the hebrew involved there i think it's like almost like a mixtape of maybe it is a song about two married lovers in parts, but it's right. definitely a start a song about two people, you know, meeting and it's not about, being married at all. It's about yeah, it's about a fuck boy. Yeah. I don't know why you put it in the Bible, but that's what it is. Yeah, and I th I think honestly that's why they're like mm. you know even Jew there were there were rabbis I think it was Maimonides I cannot talk today. Um, who there was a debate about why is this in there and and i think he was the first one to be like it's god in israel like oh interesting which interesting. is fine yeah. but i'm like i this this was that's actually way was, more that's way more accurate theologically to say it's god in israel yeah i would say true <laughs> than christ to jesus church. christ in the church sure <laughs> because there's god such a god very frequently was like nah fuck you i'm out yeah y'all are whores and I'm kicking you out of the bed like I mean that, that language is very present in the scriptures and other places so I suppose uh -huh. that, that yeah crack a bit mm -hmm. but this was also him commenting in the middle ages or in the first century or something I forget exactly when it was but but hundreds of years after it was written mm -hmm. this is what it means now and I'm I, I just begin to think like to me just reading it like I can't this was a, yeah this was a sex tape this is a mixtape of people that people just grooved to and liked uh yeah. and because sex was sacred so i think all, all that to say i think the bible even has a higher view or better more healthy view of sex than a lot of evangelicals do and conservative mm -hmm. christians here in the united states mm -hmm. which isn't giving the bible high praise really yeah the, the bar is quite the bar low. is so low that even saying sex is okay and fun is like oh well that's that's a step up <laughs> you don't have to hate your body is like can it's a radical statement right yeah. within that within that framework i remember being obsessed when i was in seminary because i was beginning to awaken to the idea of how I had so demonized my body and how it was not good. Mm -hmm. And I remember being obsessed with, because again, when you're in the framework, you have to find something in the Bible to justify your beliefs. You can't just like believe things on your own. Right. Uh, yeah. And I remember, I remember just being obsessed with almost any reference, any snippet of a reference that said the body was good. Oh. 
and uh -huh. you know and i i eventually came to the conclusion that was like well if jesus came in a body it they can't be that bad yeah <laughs> yeah that's conclusion. a good point you know with, that's a really good point but it just like the fact that i had to work so hard to find that is mm -hmm. is to me very sad and mm -hmm. and ultimately now that i'm out it's like well of course my body is good like it yeah bodies are amazing Basically. Uh, and gross and gross and amazing they're gross and amazing it's, because it's such, of, a, it's such a wonderful combination right because nobody made it no just shook out this way <laughs> this is how it shook out because <laughs> the environmental forces shaped our biology this way yeah which is the i'm gonna say that's the gross part yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with that's the gross part like evolution you did a real shitty job on some of this yeah but at the same time, we can experience all these like wonderful transcendent things like that. Yeah, I'd never. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we get to experience life in this amazing, weird vehicle like the, like it's amazing and weird, which is like the good thing. Mm -hmm. I think they're not these disembodied mm -hmm. things that float around these perfect little, you know, whatever. I don't mm -hmm. even know what a perfect body would look like. Um, I mean, well, well I, I, I suppose I, I could imagine a few improvements. <laughs> Yeah, oh, definitely. There's... I have a couple. I have, yeah. Speaking of eugenics. Yes. Can we get like the air hole and the water hole to be separate holes? And the food hole. Thank you. I'm like, I just, how am I going to choke and die when I'm eating when I have to eat? Like this, need... is, this is not, this is not well yes. thought out. I need the holes in my body to be a little less efficient. In That's... and out. Yes, in and out. <laughs> like that the... Pardon my crass term, but for that the sex hole and the pee hole are basically separate. the same. Like, mm -hmm. like it's a problem. Like, it's this efficient. Is, this is not how this. It's efficient. Gravity. It's like it's all got to go down. It's all got to go it's down. So we're gonna put this down here, and <laughs> it's gonna drain out of this hole. Like, because we can't have too many holes. Infection. I get it. I understand. You know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have, I have many suggestions for improvement. So if evolution wants to hit me up at some point, I'm around. The body's good guys. <laughs> this is what we're trying to say. This is the takeaway. Don't hate your body. Yeah. Your body's trying to tell you things. You don't have to be afraid of it. It's all right. Like your body can't hurt you. No, your body is, is right. Is it's definitely for your flourishing and wants yeah. you to live. <laughs> Um, your body is very invested in you living yeah and and the and the ways that we have divorced ourselves from our bodies are mm -hmm. supremely unhealthy and yes. psychologically and physically too yeah no i mean i'm so that's one thing that i like absolutely love about not being in evangelicalism is that i don't i was very bad at feeling bad about my body I was yeah. like, you guys kind of suck. Like, this is a dumb rule. <laughs> right? Like, which is, it's, it's a, it's a problem when you are raised evangelical and also like fully an exhibitionist. Like that is, that is, it's just, it doesn't work. Like those two things don't go together. Right. It's like, it's no. like having breathing hole and the water hole be the same <laughs> hole. Like, it's just nobody, this is, this is a horrible design. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it was just very weird being in this, like people kept trying to tell me like your body is bad. Your body is bad, right? Like your body is sinful and all your body wants to do is sin. And you have to constantly be on guard to make sure that you're not sinning. And, you know, if you do sin, then your body will feel bad. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't actually feel bad about having sex. Like this is, I'm supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to feel bad, supposed yeah. to feel guilty. I'm like, this is weird. I, you know, and then, but a lot of it, like, again, a lot of it is just, I'm just, I don't want to say wired differently, but just like my perspective is like, way less common, I think, um, you know, in terms of like, sex is not sacred to me, like at no. all. Like intimacy and sex are like very, they're separate things. Not to say that they can't, come together but um yeah i'm just like that's not that's really not how i view the world right and and or how i interact with the world but you know, for some people it is 
Yeah. And I like, I'm happy to respect that. I just, you know, that's just not how I, I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to make it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to make it like you have to be modest and humble and, and, you know, be fully committed to one, one person sexually forever. And I, I gave it a shot and I failed miserably. <laughs> like Most humans do. Some people fail worse than others and some people fail in different ways, but like the statistics are pretty clear that most humans suck at this. Like at this right. fr framework that's, that's supposed to be natural. Like that's, that's, I think that what, that's what hooked me and kept me in longer than probably I should have is the pitch that's so that, interesting. that yeah. you know, this, this model of sex and sexuality, this model of living, this is what's natural. This is what is human. This is what is, this is what is good. Wow. Um, that's so interesting. And like, okay, I'll sign up for that. Like, right. yeah, you know, God created us and he wrote the manual, you know, like, I mean, that, that's kind right. of like right, cheesy right. pitches, but like, like, like this is what's natural and normal. And at a certain point, either you buy into it so much that you do something violent to yourself in your psyche or like, you know, Kellogg mm -hmm. do something actually physically violent to yourself. Um, right. Or you hit the wall and fall out. I don't think there's any other options. Like, it's really, I don't yeah, think there is. That's I don't a good think point. there's, a, you know, and, and I think I got to a point where I realized if I'm going to continue in this system, if I'm going to be successful in this system, I was never successful as mm -hmm. a pastor in the sense of like climbing up the ladder or like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think it's because I would go to pastor's conferences and I would look at these guys and look how miserable they are, look how miserable their wives are. Um. And I'm like, I do not want this. Like, like even if I couldn't cite, like say that thought in my head, I just think I was so repulsed right. by this reality that was supposed to be natural. Like, this is, this is awful. Um, mm -hmm. And I think no, as, I an, as an encouragement to people, you need to follow those voices. Like that voice in your head that's saying, this is bad. This is unnatural. This evangelical system is mm -hmm. hurting me it's probably your body telling you the truth. I think mm -hmm. at least it was for me. Mm -hmm. I'll say for me, that's what that was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, like I, t I tell people that all the time, like you, when my friends, like when my friends come to me about stuff, I'm just like, well, what is your body telling you to do? Like, have you asked her? <laughs> yeah. Like, cause you know, you just want somebody else to tell you, right? Because we're yeah. trained to have this external, someone else has to tell me what yeah. my body needs to do. Yes. Right? Um, or, or I tell my body what it needs to do. Like right. I'm in control, I'm the master. Right, yeah. yeah. And 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 yeah, like pitting people against, against their bodies and this whole like, the whole thing with Descartes, right? Where it's like the, the body and the mind are separate entities that just happen to like come in the same package. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, that's just, it's not true. And it's really unhealthy for you psychologically. And as you said, like physically too, right? Like you, if you hate your body, you can't take care of it. Mm -hmm. Having been in there and having been out and having been with people that have gotten out and like even watching their physiology mm -hmm. change, even if it's mm -hmm. not a weight thing, it's just even like, you look different. Right. You're taking right. care of yourself. You're listening to your body. You're like yeah. you're understanding your intrinsic part of this. I think in some ways, like I, I live much more healthy now, not because of an outside pressure. Mm -hmm. Like I drank more when I was, you know, I think mm. I, I drank a lot more. Like I drink a lot less now, uh, right. you know, than I ever did when I was in it because I, I think I'm, I, I view my body differently. Mm -hmm. I think that that's very true. I also think like if you have to run around the globe telling people if you're not like a straight cis heterosexual like monogamous relationship I'm going to kill you like maybe it's not that natural just a thought. If every like, culture you run into is not doing what you're doing. And you have to tell them that they will die in order to get them to change like yeah that doesn't sound like natural to me. I find I find this to be a fascinating topic. We'll definitely revisit it, and like I, I just well, yeah, because we'll, we'll talk more good. about purity culture and like all the 
inherent body shaming yeah. that comes with with that it's well not the end of the conversation not by a long shot no uh, but we want to respect your time dear listener did want you to know that we are a part of the irreverent media group this podcast is a bunch is of, of very cool people like the coolest people and Actually. it is a it is a group that is continuing to grow that we are very excited about and you will hear more from them and they, they will be on this show uh, talking about the bible talking about their experiences with it and we're very excited about things that are coming up for that if you are interested in contributing to our work and supporting the show, uh, we do have a Patreon for our Go yeah. Home Bible. Yep, just patreon.com slash go home Bible. Yeah, it helps cover expenses and it's, you know, it's helpful for us. Uh, you can also find us on all the socials at Go Home Bible for most of the things. Yeah, at Go Home Bible was pretty pretty straightforward and that will link you to all the great things that uh we're doing as well yeah yay have a great week everyone and we will see you around bye First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.